Hello. Hi. My name is Nicole Papastavru. I slept for maybe two hours last night <laughs> after this flight today. And now I'm home in Long Beach. You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everybody. This is Kiki, and welcome to another episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. Today, I have a very cool special guest. Uh, Nicole, how are you tonight? Great. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Cool. Uh, tonight, today, uh, we have a pretty big uh, time difference right now because you are in uh, LA? Cal yeah, I'm in California at the moment for the next week. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself for our uh, listeners? Yeah, so my name is Nicole Papastavru. Um, I've been playing metal music for, I don't know, maybe like 15 years now. And I just released a new project late last year called Kalias with the K. And we just released our first single and we're super psyched for the world to hear it. Yes, and we're going to uh, get to talk about that in a bit. But I would like to know uh, a little more about yourself. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? When did you start playing music? All about yeah, it, all the details. <laughs> Great, yeah. I, I started playing uh, when I was about nine or ten years old. Um, there's nobody musical in my family. Uh, I think my dad just wanted um, me to choose an instrument to play. So mm -hmm. he gave me the option, you know, why don't you play the piano or the guitar? And, you know, I wasn't really exposed to music. I hadn't really picked a genre that I liked yet because I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. But he used to bring home these laser discs of, um, funny enough, Garth Brooks playing live. And mm -hmm. I never liked country music or anything, but I saw this video of him smashing a guitar on stage. And I thought that was so cool and so hardcore. And that's kind of what made me want to start playing guitar. <clears throat> wow. Later on, like I started getting more into like rock and grunge and, and then and then metal. So, yeah, um, I started playing electric a little bit after that and added a couple extra strings maybe like six years ago or so and started getting more into proggy kind of stuff. And here I am. <laughs> cool. How did you do you remember how you exactly uh, started listening to metal? Do you remember your first bands? Did you listen? Did you hear it? I don't know on the radio or how was how were your what was your first contact with metal music? I, you know, I started with uh, I'm kind of a 90s baby. So I started with what I heard on the radio, which was like Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Nirvana. Um, you know, oh, yeah. stuff that had heavier guitars and I would bring you know, songs that I liked to my guitar teacher and and then I heard Metallica and I think that was the closest thing that, you know, I, I was exposed to for, for metal, which, you know, of course, Metallica is mm -hmm. a classic. And then I met some friends, you know, at school that were also guitar players and someone gave me, um, burned me a CD of Black Label Society and, 
they didn't even put Black Label Society on the CD. They just wrote with Sharpie Zach Wild. Oh, wow. So I'm like, who's? I was like, who's? <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? And I heard that guitar tone, and I had never heard anything heavier than that 1918 um, album. And mm-hmm. I knew then that like I wanted to play heavy metal because I wanted my guitar to sound like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, think that was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so cool. When did you join or uh, did you found your first band or how did you join one? How did that come about? Uh, my first band, I think I was 15 years old and I had moved up to Northern California at the time. And I think I just started poking around on message boards and kind of seeing what local bands were out there and who needed a guitar player. And I found this like metalcore band and uh, sent them like a video to try out or whatever. And they kind of like didn't really, they didn't think the video was real. Um, what? And yeah, it was kind of weird. So they're like, they're like, oh, like I want to, we want to make sure you're playing all that stuff. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, I met with them in person and obviously like played everything. And, you know, I, I still feel like, that was kind of the beginning of the era of girls slowly, slowly trickling into heavy music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was my first experience with like, you know, people seeing like, Oh, you, well, you're a girl. Like, you know, are you going to be able to cut it with like this metal music or whatever? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like I have 10 fingers like you do. And I have, you know, similar guitar and, and here's yeah. me playing. <laughs> So, yeah, that was really my first experience. And then I and then I joined like a, a bunch of other like metal and, and hardcore bands. And I ended up touring actually um, full time in in a couple of hardcore bands in my early 20s. Wow. And that kind of exposed me to the scene. And yeah, it was very cool that I mean, that's kind of how I saw the world initially um, as an adult is is through touring very, very DIY style and mm-hmm. in, in, in the hardcore scene. <laughs> That sounds like great adventures. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we went all over the world. It was it was awesome. And you were playing in Anita Strauss's band for a while as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I was um, part of her all-girl uh, metal band called We Start Wars. And I had met Anita a few years before that, just through NAMM events and everything. So we always kind of... Um, knew about each other but were more acquaintances and she asked me you know a couple times like what are you doing musically this this and that and for a couple years I took a little bit of a hiatus for music Mm -hmm. and so I you know I didn't really take it too seriously I was like I don't know maybe she's just wondering what I'm doing and then you know one day she asked to get on a call with me and was like hey like I'm starting this band and I want you to play guitar and you know I was pretty intimidated because I'm like oh shit like you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to shred like you, you know? And she's like, Oh no, no, I've heard you play. I've heard your original stuff. And like, you know, I, I want you for this project. So I said, yes. And, um, we jammed for a couple years and, uh, we played a show at the whiskey and it was super fun. Um, and then, you know, she's, she ended up going the solo route. Mm-hmm. So now she's, she's touring more with her solo project. So, Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was 
it was a cool experience playing in a band with her and you know writing some stuff and doing the show of course super fun yeah yeah i mean it's just an amazing experience and something great to have on your on your um curriculum <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah your resume, yeah. Also, yeah i'm yes. super stoked to have played with her <laughs> yeah i can also imagine you learned a lot from her as well oh of course i mean the, the, i think the main thing i learned was you know she kind of taught me um to say yes i can play that and then make it happen you know mm-hmm And that kind of explains how I was, you know, a little bit shy in the beginning. Like, mm, I don't know, like maybe she thinks like I'm better than I am or something. I didn't have the confidence that, you know, I, I have now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the, that's the biggest thing I learned from her was, you know, just have a little more confidence and say yes and then make it happen. Figure it out. Yes. <laughs> I think that is such yeah. a valuable lesson. Um Yeah. And, and it applies, I mean, not only for, not only in music, you know, but in in every aspect of life almost, but also career-wise. It's so important to just uh, try things out. And if they, if they choose you, they have to have the reasons. And if you don't feel prepared from the beginning, you will probably learn and... Uh, And get to that point when you f where you feel that secure, but I think that's also totally. Um, I feel identified a little bit with that, uh, with that bit of a self doubt and stuff. And right. um, I've come to realize that now that I am in my early thirties, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's uh, that is less and less every time or that gets less and less I don't know but I think like uh, with my 30s I've come into my uh, confidence zone so uh, do you feel that has also a little bit um, has that been a little bit of your experience as well like just you know getting older and more experienced and and wiser and uh, just you know gaining yes. all of that confidence yeah as well. totally I I I feel that as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 32 now and I've really just learned that you can't be intimidated. There's always going to be someone that's faster or someone that's better or someone that's tighter, but there's always steps that you can take to get there too. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have that in your head, you know, like what are the steps that I need to take to get there? And if you're diligent enough, you will. Yeah. And I mean, not everything is a comp, uh, a, a What is the competition? Competition, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not everything is a competition. I think there is a, no, a, no. a place and and space for all of us to shine. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's exactly. So cool. Totally. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Kalias, your new project. Yeah. So Kalias um, actually started early last year. I want to say. February, March. And I got connected with, um, the drummer through a mutual friend because I was looking for a drummer to jam with in New York. And, you know, my friend told me you should check out this guy. And, you know, I went and checked out his Instagram and, and then I saw that he was jamming with another eight string guitar player. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, who's this guy? And then I go to that guy's page and I see more drum videos, but then he's also shredding on an eight string. So I'm like, all right, I need to get these two guys together and see what they're doing because 
ever since I started playing an eight string, I haven't been able to find another eight string player that's available or in the same state as me mm-hmm. to, to collaborate. So, you know, I'm, I'm always on the East coast and, uh, I hit them up and kind of asked like, you know, what are you guys, what are you guys thinking? You know, I'm, I want to do like an active, an active band. I want to tour again and, and this, this and that. And, um, they were on board and they had a couple songs already and I had a couple songs. So we, put them together and tweet some stuff and kind of made them sound cohesive. Mm-hmm. And there was so much chemistry. And then I ended up bringing uh, my bass player from my previous uh, project Meridium and he fit in amazing. So I think the four of us kind of realized that like with the chemistry we had and the music we were writing together, we really had something that we, we all felt was our, our best work to date individually and then as a whole so that's how Collius was was born (laughs) cool yeah and you sent me uh the press package thingy (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, since you're epk (laughs) yes uh for Callias, and it Mm. says that it means beauty in greek It does, yeah. And also your uh, last name lets me think that you have uh, Greek. Is very Greek, yes. <laughs> yeah, Papastavro is, is about as Greek as it gets. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was really like, it was one of the first uh, names that, that came to mind because I was looking at meanings of, you know, different things. And, um, and I, you know, I said, I was like, what do you guys think about Callias? You know, this is the meaning and the word looks nice. It's, it's short, it's sweet. Um, and then we sat on it for about a week and then we agreed like, yeah, that's, that's going to be the name. That's so cool. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. also a little bit about your bandmates? Uh, what's their background? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my drummer JP, he, he's a very well-rounded technical drummer. Um, he used to play, uh, He did a couple records with this band, Allegion. Mm-hmm. And he won some drum competitions, too. Like, he did some, like, drum-offs and some sick drummer competition. He has a pretty cool resume. <laughs> and nice. uh, my guitar player, Zachy, he been a guitar player for a very long time. Um, but he's actually a drummer in a handful of other bands, Ironically enough, he learned how to play drums because all these bands apparently needed drummers and he had really fast double bass feet. Um, so he learned he learned drums. He's one of those freaks that just kind of understands um, different instruments and theory and time and he has all the techniques down. So it was really cool uh, to be jamming with him too and really writing with a guitar player that also knows how to keep drums in mind mm-hmm. um, and he's classically trained as well on on guitar and eight string and everything um, our bass player Chris Marone he he's a Berkeley um, graduate so he's also classically trained um, which is cool to have two classically trained musicians in the band um, I don't know what you would call it for drums but I'm sure JP has something in there too <laughs> But I am I am not classically trained at all. I don't really know 
theory or certain scales, everything I've written and can play, I've done it by ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like odd time signatures and, and technical riffs and leads, everything I've done by ear. And um, it can be frustrating um, working with people that kind of go by the book mm-hmm. and you don't go by the book. But somehow the, the, the four of us have like found a happy medium to where I'll come to the table with some odd timing riff and Zachy and Chris can tell me what the signature is and tell me what the scale is. And I'm just like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. that's perfect. I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't really mean anything to me, but I'm glad it's going to work out on in your head. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which is funny, but yeah, it's, it's going great. I'm, I'm super stoked to be, to be working with them. That's so good to know that. But I yeah. was thinking about that because um, that's what I was going to say. The difficulty must be like communication because uh-huh. because of, of, of all the explanations, you probably know what they want you to do, but uh, mm-hmm. they don't know how to tell you because they know it in, in, in theory terms or in music terms very formally and uh, you know it like you've learned it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be a little frustrating at, at times. Um, for example, like if, if I, you know, if they have like a couple riffs written and then I bring something and, you know, one of them will be, that's not going to work. Um, that's not the right key or, or something about the time. And, and I'm just like, well, why not? Like, it sounds, it sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, I, and I've spoken to a lot of people like, you know, should I just should I just start over here and try to classically train myself to also be on on, on this level of understanding, which is something like I've been wanting to do. But a lot of the responses I'm getting to that by, you know, professional players are like, no, don't, you don't need to because then you're you might put yourself in a box and you might not be as creative or you know, you're going to be going too much by the book. If you have an understanding now in your head and, and with your ear, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm always back and forth with it, but I, I always want to learn more and, and be better. So I'm sure I will at some point. <laughs> yeah. That's a great attitude. I think it wouldn't mm-hmm. hurt to learn a little bit. Um, right. But yeah, sure. You, you, you should keep the passion. That's the more, the most important Right. I yeah. have met many musicians, um, more so here in Europe, who just got the theory so much in their heads that they couldn't improvise, for example. Uh, and, yeah. that's, and that can be very difficult when you're trying to, uh, to compose something new. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the middle ground is always the best. Uh, extremes are always so dangerous. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> cool. Um, so, Kalia's just released the first single that's called The Fourth Face. Yes. Does that mean there's an album in the making? There is, yeah. We, we definitely have uh, more songs that are done. Mm-hmm. And right now we're in the process of shopping them. All right. So, yeah, we've just released the single on our own and we're trying to get some traction 
Um, we have a couple shows coming up in the next few months mm -hmm. that will be announced very soon. And they will be on the East Coast, close to where we live. So, cool. yeah, the next uh, next few months should be pretty exciting. And, um, yeah, I hope we can get this record out soon. <laughs> yes, and we will stay tuned for that uh, release date yeah. and everything. Yeah. And to talk a little bit more uh, in detail about the music, the press release says it is for modern day prog and metal fans... Uh, Kalias mm -hmm. can be compared to bands such as Opeth, Meshuga, and Decapitated. Are those bands also your influences? They are. And, you know, it's always so hard to compare your music to others. Mm -hmm. But I try to think of what we listen to and what I listen to the most that inspires me the most. And you really are a product of your record collection, right? Yeah. Or... Or nowadays, your Spotify of uh, most played, <laughs> most played list, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, and and I feel like really that is um, the most influence in my playing is. I mean, I love to write clean, really eerie, clean guitar parts, and then I love to do like heavy off timing stuff, which I can compare to Meshuga, of course, and then I, like very riffy, like fast, like thrashy stuff too. Mm -hmm. So really, those were the three bands that came to mind that I love. And I'm like, okay, maybe it doesn't sound like that to other people. But for me, I feel like that's what I listen to the most. And that's probably going to be influencing me the most. So if someone likes one of those bands, there's a good chance they're going to like quite a few of the riffs. <laughs> yes. And... Um... Yeah. That's a good way to make people curious, right? To make them yeah, want to listen course. to your music. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about familiarity, too. And, and people, you know, want to hear something that is kind of familiar but fresh, like with a different yeah. twist. So mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to bring to the table here with um, especially instrumental metal. Yes, that's a cool approach. And talking about mm -hmm. the, your music being instrumental, what mm -hmm. subjects, concepts, or ideas have inspired your songwriting? Uh, well, we really try to go for a different vibe for each song. And we kind of see where it's going to go um, depending how it starts. And I'm kind of one to where when I write songs... Um, I don't just think of that one song. I think of how that song is going to help tell the story of an album. Mm -hmm. So I never really like to start a song the same way or finish it the same way or even have the same structure. It's like I want I want it to be different every time. But then collectively, it's all going to make sense in a storyline. So it's really all about like a vibe or a mood, like if we want something mid-tempo, if we want to start it really thrashy off the bat, or maybe something clean. Um, we're using a lot of synths and layers too, to make mm -hmm. some like weird kind of, like, set like an atmosphere in the beginning as well. So really all the, all the songs are very different that we have right now. So I think it's going to be a cool set list um, when we play these shows. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really intriguing. <laughs> I went to yeah. listen to some it's, more. It's now. all about the mood. It's all about the vibe and kind of like setting like an atmosphere for people to to really feel what's going on. 
and I'm getting pretty deep here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's, uh, yes, that's exactly where I, where I wanted uh, the conversation to go. Because um, on your press release, you also mention two things, which I found very thought provoking. And mm -hmm. I will, I would like to ask you about that. Um, there's this line about true connection with others being difficult to find. And, yeah. you, and you were comparing that to the great chemistry uh, with within the band members um, that you just described a minute ago. Um, is that something, is that a topic uh, that you think about a lot in your daily life, so to speak? Uh, I think, yes, I've, I've thought about that, I think, over the whole course of my musical career, um, just because it really is hard to find people that you connect with on a musical level and on a personal level too, mm -hmm. because one can always break the other. And yeah. if there's one person in the band and in your, it's your, it's your business too. It's like, if you guys don't work together, if someone is just not the right mindset or doesn't have the same goal, it, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm -hmm. So I really did feel like for the first time, um, everyone really connected on, on a friend level and on a musical level. And that, that was just mind blowing to me because I never really had that before. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's also a subject that's very present right now in our globalized society, society, so to speak, because, um, with technology, or technology has made it possible for us to communicate very easily, like we are doing right now from California to uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And it also has made us, has made a lot of people isolate themselves more, or it has made it difficult to find true friendships. Yeah. Or, or friendships that last uh, lifetimes because people move, they move cities, they move countries and, um, Well, there are many, many reasons, right? So I think that um, that is that is something very precious to uh, to find and to be able to keep. So I'm really glad that you, all of you, found each other, and that such cool music is the product of that um, of those relationships. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked too. <laughs> yeah, and the other. Um, the other part of that sentence uh, from the press release was that it's also difficult to find meaning within your within your art. So, yeah. Yeah. what would be the meaning within Callias music? Oh man, we're gonna get so deep here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can go yeah, as far as yeah. the meaning of life. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I I really do love it. Um, I you know I I feel like um the reason I said that is because I feel like people can get really lost in trying to make their art their job, mm -hmm. and you really do have to ask yourself that question. You know, am I am I doing this to make some cash or am I doing this because 
this is who I am and this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's almost a, a blessing and a curse, right? To get into heavy metal music. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like, man, okay, I'm 32 now, but I feel like I'm 17 because I'm just like writing these heavy riffs and you know, yeah, like if I wanted to be a millionaire, I would, what did a uh, porcupine tree, that porcupine tree song, four chords that made a million. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just funny, you know, like you, pop music and then comparing it to metal. And I don't know, it's not one of those genres you, you get into to make a million bucks. It's cause you, you fucking love the way it sounds. You love heavy guitars. You, you just love heavy music in general. And it's just a part of you. It's who you are. And you really can't like escape that. And it makes you happy. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's joyous. It's a really joyous thing. And, um, and it's real. It's very real. You know, this is, this is who I am. And, and this is who JP is. This is who Zachy is. This is who Chris is. And we're all that together. Granted, we do love other styles of music too, mm-hmm. but this is this is our favorite, you know. So that's what we have in common, and that's the passion that we share. That's amazing. I think there's nothing more <laughs> to say about the topic. Um, so I okay. just wanted to ask you two more things um, that are not that deep anymore. <laughs> Lighter topics. Um, okay. You do rock and ice climbing. Oh yeah, that's that's my other life. <laughs> Tell me about that. What do you like life. best about those sports? Um, you know, it it really allows you to see the world from a different perspective and it's it's a vertical perspective, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like somewhere where you're not really supposed to be, but man has been going there for you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It's something where you see a mountain and you, you get inspired, whether you just want to sit there and look at it and take it in, or you want to climb it. You want to see what's on the other side. You want to see what the world looks like from the top of that mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it really kind of gave me inspiration to see the world and push myself mentally and physically, um, in the outdoors and, That's actually where I just got back from right now. I was I was just in Utah, uh, ice climbing, mm-hmm. and uh, I snowboarded for a few days, which is which is super fun. Nice. And then I went to Bozeman um, over the last three four days and uh, ice climbed in Highlight Canyon, which is pretty cool. It's uh it's intense, you know, alpine alpine stuff. It's not for everybody. Is it also But, dangerous? Is there an adrenaline uh, rush you also like? or You know, so a lot of people ask about the adrenaline thing. Um, but climbing doesn't go fast. And I feel like that's kind of what I associate with adrenaline. But maybe okay. it's fear, too. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yes, I do, I do get scared. But you also, like, have to kind of differentiate between rational fear and irrational fear. I climb with ropes. All my partners do as well. So we are doing it as safely as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you make a plan at the beginning of the day and, you know, people know where you are. There, there's no self-service or anything, but it's like everyone I climb with is, is very experienced as well. And, um, you know, we all push each other and support each other and 
it's it's fun stuff but it's just a different kind of fun you know yeah <laughs> i was like i don't think a lot of people want to like hack into vertical ice and then traverse across an avalanche gully and then hack up some more ice and it's starting to get dark and there's a blizzard and you know you're thousands of feet above the ground and you still got to go down <laughs> so yeah it's uh but i love it i love it I love ice climbing. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm it's not so sold fun. on it yet, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I know a lot of people aren't, but, you know. I understand. <laughs> I understand that uh, that there's an appeal there. Mm-hmm. I forgot I had another question uh, that's okay. a little bit um, music business-y. Um, how did you come okay. to your... Uh, sponsorships and how do sponsorships work actually okay so um i've been with this guitar company uh called luteri rocks for the last i think five six years and his name is marco he found me i think through one of my bands or something and uh we decided to work together and, and he built me a few really beautiful beautiful guitars um, that I will cherish forever. <laughs> and, uh, the other sponsorship I have is, uh, EVH amps, mm -hmm. which I'm so grateful to be a part of that family. And I love working with them and they have an amazing, amazing roster and it's really the best amp I've ever played. <laughs> I was, I was playing Mesa for 10 years. And, um, when I was doing the, we start wars thing with Nita, EVH had contacted me And, uh, you know, said, Hey, like you want to try the amps? And I went over to the showroom and, you know, I'm, I'm very like kind of in my zone as far as like the gear that I use, like I'll use the same thing for years and years and years and years. And, you know, I'll never like look at anything else. So for mm -hmm. me to go do that, I was like, okay, I've been playing this one amp for 10 years and now I'm going to switch to something else. Like what if I don't like it or But it just made so much sense when I plugged into that 5153 Stealth with the style of music that I'm playing now. It's so tight, um, you know, the, the mids and the low ends. And it really translates well with the eight string and, uh, you know, the heavier, heavier riffs. I know the mesas are a little bit more rounded out, but I'm, I'm super happy with, with the EVH. And, you know, we track everything like with the with the real amp so mm -hmm. we're not using any plugins or anything like that as far as distortion um cleans cool. you know it's a different story but but yeah it's uh really awesome to be a part of that team that's so cool can mm. you explain a little bit more about um I don't know, do you or guitarists in general um or musicians in general actually mm -hmm. uh Are you the ones who apply for the sponsorships or do the companies contact you it's at some both. point? And what kind of um, it's deals both. are the most standard? What kind of exchanges, so to speak? Uh, you know, it really depends um, on like the level you're at as far as touring or now a lot of people are getting sponsorships just from um, from doing videos online. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got one of my first ones, uh, is I wasn't touring at the time. 
Um, but I was introduced um, by a mutual friend to the owner of the company, Jim Dunlop. <laughs> and he, uh, he knew who I was because of my YouTube channel, which was so bizarre to me because, you know, you don't think like something like a YouTube channel with metal covers is going to... Now it's very different. <laughs> okay. But this was a long time ago. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he ended up, um, Jim ended up introducing me to, you know, everybody at the Dunlop office. And they gave me a bunch of strings, which was really cool. But it really goes both ways, you know, like you can you can contact companies and send them your EPK and be like, hey, like, I'm really interested in working with you. Like I'm either touring full time or I have a a big following on social media doing videos and demos and playthroughs or tutorials, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And companies will sponsor you for either or. And at the same time, they'll also seek out artists that they want to represent them. Mm hmm. So really, it goes both ways. And last week um, was the NAM convention, which yeah. I go to every year, um, you know, to to visit my sponsors and then um, also make connections with uh, with new companies as well. So this last year went, um, or this last week at NAM went very very well for me, and and I'm super excited uh, to make some announcements soon. So <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. And this whole conversation has been so cool. We're almost at uh, 40 minutes now. <laughs> It was supposed to be wow. just a mini episode um, around the 20 minutes. But I've yeah. really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know so much about your uh, career. And um, also your personality, I think, shines through all everything you say and everything you do. Oh, so that's, that's a really nice thing to um, get to know authentic musicians still. And uh, yeah, uh, what else would you want to promote? Where can people find you online? Are you on social media, etc.? Yeah, so Kali's, um, the, Kali's The Fourth Phase is the name of the single, uh, is available on all streaming and all digital outlets. So you can listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Uh, whichever you prefer. And mm-hmm. Kalias is spelled K-A-L-L-I-A-S. And you can find us anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, website. We got some beanies for sale now that it's still cold. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So check That's it out. So cool. And we also, uh, another thing, you know, I, I should have mentioned before is we had Rick Graham um, do a guest solo on this track. And, and he's really a phenomenal phenomenal guitar player if if nobody knows who he is which they should <laughs> um he's an excellent guitar teacher and um you know he's uh working on a record right now which i'm very excited to hear very cool you also mentioned your own youtube channel what's the name of that um you can just uh search my full name you know it's a little intimidating but I'm pretty sure if you just put in like Nicole eight string, a bunch of my videos will come up and you'll find my channel. Perfect. <laughs> the last name is super long. Yeah. I will uh, link everything in the show notes. So, um, awesome. but it's good to know that, <laughs> that you can look you up or that people can look you up as Nicole eight string and, um, yeah, find you on YouTube. Awesome. That is so cool. 
Thank you so much for your time and for everything that you've, that you've told us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been super fun. Glad to be here. <laughs> and thank you to everybody out there who listens to the Metal and High Heels podcast. Uh, Nicole is only the second uh, female guitar player uh, that we've had in the show. But uh, anybody out there who wants to be featured on our show or who knows someone who should be, Uh, just give us a shout out, just like Nicole did, an email at info at uh, metal-n-highheels.com or hit us up on social media or, well, you know where to find us. So thank you so much and until next time. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Bye. Bye.